I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh yeah, love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Welcome, welcome spiritual family to a faithful God ministry today. And thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. This is indeed, truly indeed, a blessing. I'm extremely excited and glad that you are here today. Like our welcome video said, God loves you. He loves you passionately and faithfully. Amen? Amen. So my message this evening, will be around 30 minutes or so, followed by a light dinner and refreshments. And if you're new with us today, we want you to feel right at home here at A Faithful God Ministry. See, for us, church is so much more than just Sunday service, and we want you to know that there is a place perfect for you right here at A Faithful God Ministry. So, a couple of announcements. Inside our church bulletin, you will find a wealth of information about our upcoming events. Um, we still are doing our Winter Blessings Bag fundraiser, so please donate to that um, to help someone out this, this winter that's, you know, cold and, you know, in need. And, and then also we have our connection card. Now with our connection card, this is one of the best ways that you can get connected with us. And all you have to do is just fill out this card. You can fill it out online. You can fill it out with us here today. And we will contact you within the next, next upcoming week and offer you um, a small gift as a token of our appreciation for being with us today. So with that, are you ready to receive spiritual and physical nourishment tonight? Yeah. Yes. So, it is my privilege, it is my privilege to share the good news of hope, 
encouragement, and faith in God. See, I cannot change your current situation. I cannot change that. But what I can do is point you to the one who can. Amen? Amen. So my goal, my goal is to bring the light of God into the darkest and hardest areas on your pathway. See, what we have to do is we have to turn on the light to get rid of the dark. Before I begin, let's take a moment to reflect on our past week and give God praise and worship. Because no matter how hard the test was, no matter how hard the test was, we made it. We made it. Right? Some of you experienced the toughest week. But if you take a moment, just pause and be still and take a moment to reflect, you'll notice that somewhere along your path, God did carry you. I read that test. Test turns into testimony. And the mess, and your hot mess, turns into a message. So I'm excited about my spiritual tea today. I'm excited about my spiritual tea today. And I'm going to spill all the spiritual tea about understanding regression. And I'll be referring to Genesis chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. I want to start with a prayer. Almighty God, we ask you to bless us in this place. Here may the wearied find rest. And the strong be renewed. Here may the doubting find faith. And the content be awakened. Here may the tempted find help. And the sorrowful find comfort. Here may the believer be encouraged. And the lost find salvation. Forgive our sins. And cleanse our hearts. Inhabit our praises as we worship. And speak to us through your word. All in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 So I'm going to start off with, with a short, funny story. There was a story of two brothers, two brothers, ages 8 and 10, who were very mischievous, very mischievous. They were always, they were always getting into trouble. So the boy's mother, the boy's mother heard that, there was a local pastor. The local pastor in town had been successful in disciplining children. So she asked the pastor if he would take the time to speak to each of her boys. And the pastor agreed. He agreed. But his request was is that he would see them individually, not together. So the mother sent the youngest one first. The youngest son first, the youngest brother first, the eight-year-old first, to see the pastor. And the pastor was a huge man. He was a huge man with a booming voice. So the young boy came into the, to his office, and he sat the boy down. And he looked at him straight in the eye, and he asked him sternly. He asked him sternly. Do you know... Where God is, son. The boy's mouth dropped open. But he made no response. He didn't respond. He just sat there wide-eyed with his mouth hanging open. So the pastor repeated the question. But in a much sterner voice. And he said, where is God? Again, the boy made no attempt to answer. So the pastor looked at him. 
and he raised his voice a little bit more. And this time he shook his finger in his face. And he asked again, where is God? And then at that moment, the boy screamed. He screamed and bolted from the office. And he ran directly home, straight to his closet. Straight to his closet and slammed the door behind him and just sat there in the closet. Right? So when his older brother found him eventually inside the closet, his older brother asked him, what exactly happened? And the younger brother, still just petrified, and he's grasping for air, and he's grasping for breath, and he says, listen, listen, we are in big trouble this time. We are in big trouble this time, dude. We are in serious trouble. God is missing, and they think we did it. <laughs> so like I said my message my message today is about understanding regression and I had did this message last year earlier last year and I felt that this was a good time with the new year coming in and with new year's resolutions coming up this was a good time to talk about regression I read that there was a study that was conducted sometime last year where it showed that only 8%, only 8% of people actually achieve their New Year's resolution goals. 8%, while approximately 80%, 80% fail to keep their New Year's resolution. And the one big reason being of, of the failure, huh? The one, the one reason being is due to reverting back, to reverting back, to regression, to reverting back to what we feel that we're familiar with, are comfortable with, right? Typically, New Year's resolution consists of us coming outside of our comfort zone, right? But as you go along with it, you figure, okay, well, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't have time for that. That's not in my comfort zone, so I'm just going to revert back to something that's more familiar. So, have you heard the biblical term backsliding? Backsliding. Backsliding means to go backwards, to go backwards spiritually or falling away. See, backsliding is when a person regresses back. Regresses back to their old habits. Habits that turn them away from God. To turn them away from God to chase their own desires. Their own needs, right? And what is the cause of backsliding? What is the cause of backsliding? The main cause of backsliding are desires. Desires. Do we know the meaning of desires? Do we know the meaning of desires? The meaning of desires is to wish for, to wish for or want something bigger, something more. See, I previously stated that, and I've told people this too, desire, desire and wish, they are the opposite of faith. Desire and wish are the opposite of faith. Desire and wish can always be accomplished by hurt. And pain. 
See, backsliding hurts. It hurts. Backsliding hurts. It hurts internally. It hurts our inner being. Right? It hurts our inner being. It hurts externally. It hurts others. It hurts others. Someone once told a story about a movie that they watched as a child. I don't know what movie this is, but somebody had told a story one time about a story of a movie that they watched as a child. And in the movie, there were shipwrecked men, right? There were shipwrecked men in the movie, and they are left drifting, drifting on a lifeboat aimlessly in the ocean. And as the days pass under the scorching sun on the ocean, their rations of food and fresh water, it gave out. There was no more, right? And the men grew delirious. They grew deliriously thirsty, right? So one night, while the others were asleep, one man decided to ignore Ignore all the previous warnings. Ignore all the previous warnings. And he decides to go down some of the salt water. Do you know what happened? He dies quickly. He dies quickly. Because ocean water contains seven times more salt than the human body can safely digest. See, drinking it, a person dehydrates because the kidneys demand extra water to flush out the overload of salt. The more salt someone drinks, the more thirstier they will get. So this man actually dies from thirst. But see, that was his desire. That was his wish. Right? See, when we desire... We become like that man. We become like that man. We thirst. We thirst desperately for something that looks like we want and that looks like we actually need. But really, we do not. We don't realize that that is precisely the opposite of what we actually need. See, backsliding, backsliding begins. It begins in our heart. It begins in our heart. See, the Israelites, they backslid. They backslid numerous times. Numerous times because their hearts was not right with God. Right? See, you can't do, you can't do the right things. You can't do the right things and be right if you don't have the right heart. You can't do the right things and be right if you don't have the right heart. We need to know at all times where our heart is located. Because see, Jesus told us, he told us that our heart, our heart is where our treasures are. That's where our treasures are. Our heart. Jesus told us that. Meaning, simple acts. Simple acts come from a simple heart. Just as righteous acts comes from a righteous heart. Spiritual struggles, spiritual struggles, spiritual conflicts, they're associated, and they always will be associated with heart problems. We need to keep right. 
We need to keep right. We need to keep our heart right with God. See, having an unrighteous heart, having an unrighteous heart misplaces our love. Correct? Correct. Yeah. See, people generally place their loyalty. They place their loyalty where their love is. They place their loyalty where their love is. And see, for some of us, some of that can be dangerous. Those can be dangerous love affairs, right? Dangerous love affairs out there, right? Like the love of money, objects, even the love of dysfunction or misery, right? Backsliding is also, it's also in our thoughts, in our thoughts. Because see, thoughts are powerful, and I've said it plenty of times, our thoughts are powerful. And the majority of our spiritual battleground begins in our thoughts, in our thoughts. Again, this is the place, this is the place where the enemy will penetrate to plant all the negative distractions. All the negative distractions. This is where he will start. This is where we need he will he will start. Because you need to remember the enemy doesn't have boundaries. He doesn't have boundaries. He doesn't have boundaries. He will attack. He will attack our hearts and our soul's possessions as a way to corrupt God's image and promises. Jeremiah, Jeremiah spoke. He spoke several times about backsliding. He spoke several times about backsliding in the Bible. He said that our own weakness, our own wickedness, our own wickedness will punish us. Our own wickedness will punish us. And we need to realize how bitter it is for us because we are forsaking God. We are forsaking God. We are no longer in awe of God. See, Jeremiah is telling us, he's telling us that our own thoughts, our own actions will punish us. But see, the enemy, the enemy will show up. He'll show up in our mental battlefield, right? With all his weapons of mass destruction, right? To destroy our faith and our belief in God, to disrupt to disrupt God's presence in our life. See, his weapons, his weapons are everything that we know that are toxic and negative. But, but, they are the most familiar to us. They are the most comfortable for us. They're the most comfortable place for us. Right? That's our comfort zone. That's where we're content. Correct? Correct. Are you guys still with me? Yep. Are you guys still with me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk briefly about Lot. Let's talk about Lot briefly. So Lot, for those of you who do not know, Lot was Abraham's nephew. Abraham's nephew. So Abraham looked after Lot when his father passed away. And Lot was essentially the heir. He was essentially the heir. 
the first of the heirs, right? He was essentially the heir to Abraham, and he was in position to receive all of Abraham's inheritance, right? Law was able to learn. He was able to learn about the true God, the true God, and how to become a godly man. But see, once Lot separated, once he separated from Abraham, he regressed. He regressed. He did not make constructive actions or decisions. And Lot was eventually lured to Sodom by distractions and greed and money. Jesus, he described the days of Lot. He described it as being plentiful and food, wine, and money. But Sodom, the city or the town of Sodom, was notoriously wicked. Notoriously wicked. It was notoriously wicked and evil city. And ultimately was destroyed. Was destroyed by its own wickedness. Right? Lot was influenced by his environment. Influenced by his environment. Peter said that Lot eventually became distressed. He became distressed by all the surrounding evil. All the surrounding evil. But see, Lot made no constructive actions to leave. He made no constructive actions to leave or to strengthen his faith with God. He remained. He remained with what was familiar. What was familiar to him and comfortable. So what did he do? He started to backslide. He started to backslide because he no longer was obedient and faithful. But see, God, our God, Lot's God, Abraham's God, he's a merciful God, a merciful God. So what did God do? God, God decided, you know what, Lot and his family, I'm going to give them mercy on them. I'm still going to give mercy on them. Because God still considered Lot as a righteous man. So God decided to send two angels. To send two angels to lead Lot and his family out of Sodom at the beginning of this destruction. To save them. To save them. To save them. So, while leaving... While leaving with the two angels, Lot and his family, his wife and his kids, while leaving with the two angels, one of the angels, one of the angels told the family as they were leaving, do not look back. Do not look back. Do not look back. Remember Lot's wife? This is the same question that Jesus asked in the Bible as a reference. So the angel told Lot and his family, do not look back. And what happened? Lot's wife looked back. She looked back. She looked back and she instantly turned into a pillar of salt. Instantly turned into a pillar of salt. See, because Lot's wife was influenced by her environment. 
and she became to adore. She adored all those material distractions. All those material distractions, all of her desires and all of her wishes, she became to adore all of that. See, it is said that material treasures are not indeed treasures. They are not indeed treasures and they will not bring any happiness. And this was the same for Lot's wife. This was the same for Lot's wife because see what she did is she became cold, careless, and most of all, disobedient. She became spiritually blinded with all the material distractions. Spiritually blinded. When the angel instructed her not to look bad, when the angel specifically instructed her not to look bad, she did. She did. And you know why? Because that's where she felt the treasures of her heart lied. She was leaving everything. She was leaving everything. She was leaving everything. She wasn't even concerned. She wasn't even concerned that there was two angels, two angels sent from God that was saving her and her family from destruction. She wasn't even concerned with that. See, sometimes what happens is we become tangled. We become tangled in a web of material entrapments, influenced by distractions and our comfort level. Right? We become tangled up in all of that. However, Jesus' question about Lot's wife, remember Lot's wife? Was to warn that the loss of God's salvation, the loss of his salvation can be relinquished. It can be relinquished. It can be taken away when we regress because what we're doing is we're turning away from him. We're turning away from God when we regress. When we backslide, we're turning away from him. See, there's a reason why. There's a reason why God will deliver us. That he will deliver us from destruction. But when he comes to deliver us and we look back at what we're leaving and what he's delivering us from, from the destruction, when we look back, that's like questioning God. Right? So there was a story. Don't you guys just love my stories? <laughs> so there was a story of an old man who lived on the side of a mountain. And there were three little boys. There were three little boys who were always trying to outsmart the old man because he was a wise old man. So these three little boys was always trying to come up with some type of scheme to outsmart the old man. So one day, the little boys were together. And one of the little boys said, you know what? I know what we can do. I put a marble in my hand. And we will go to the old man and ask him, what do I have in my hand? And see if he guessed. So the three little boys went to visit the old man. And the little boy that had the marble in his hand, he went up to the old man and he told the old man, he asked the old man, 
He said, oh man, what do I have in my hand? The old man answered, a marble. The three boys were amazed once again. So they left. And then they came back with a similar scenario, this time with a piece of candy. And they asked the old man, oh man, what do I have in my hand? And he said, candy. And the boys were surprised again, right? Because the old man in all his wisdom knew exactly what was in their hand. So the next day, the boys, they figured, okay, we need to come together and we need to think of something to outsmart him. Something where that is so clever where the old man will never be able to guess. So then just then one of the boys said, you know what? I know, I know, I know what we'll do. I put a baby bird in my hand. I put a baby bird in my hand. And I'll ask the old man if the bird is alive or dead. And if he says the bird is alive, I will crush it in my hand. And that way we will outsmart the old man. So, with smiles on their faces, because they believe that they, 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 they figured it out, they went back to the old man's house. And a little boy held out his hand with the bird in his hand. And he said, oh man, what do I have in my hand? And the old man said, a baby bird. The little boy smiled with his crooked smile. And he said, is it alive or dead? And the old man looked at the little boy and he said, it is as you wish, my son. It is as you wish. Again, the cause of backsliding are desires. Our desires to wish for or want something stronger. Desires and wishes are the opposite of faith. They're the opposite of faith. See, a desire or a wish can be accompanied by hurt and pain. Similar to the to the illustration I just said. Similar to the illustration I said I just said. God is God is like the old man. He's like that old man, the wise old man on the mountain, on the side of the mountain. He's that wise old man because he knows. He knows exactly what's in our hand. He knows exactly what's in our hand. He knows exactly what we're holding on to. He knows what we're holding on to. Our desires, our wishes, they cannot outsmart God. They can't outsmart God or provide us with something bigger and stronger. God is our strength. God is our strength. And so you got to understand desires and wishes, they cannot strengthen us. They cannot strengthen us. I read, as you can tell, I do a lot of reading. 
and read. I read that an unbowed knee, an unbowed knee, and an unread book are indicators that you're backsliding. An unbowed knee and an unread Bible are indicators that you are backsliding. See, we need to remain spiritually focused. Spiritually focused and obedient. Obedient with our faith. Obedient with our prayers. Obedient in His Word. See, prayers, prayers creates. It creates a relational, a relational communication with God. A relational communication with God. See, when we, when we're praying, when we're praying to God, we just don't jump right in. We just don't jump right in and start giving him an answer and asking him for an answer for our laundry list of items. Right? That's not relational. That's not a relational communication. See, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I want a relationship. I want my relationship with God to be more intimate. More personable. I want my communications to be personable. Because I feel that's a relational communication. That's a relational relationship. I remember when I was in real estate. Many years ago. Many years ago. And when I would take my clients to view different houses. That they wanted to, to buy. That they were interested in. You would have keywords. You would have keywords. So for homes that were relatively small and outdated, you would describe a home as quaint and cozy. Right? As quaint and cozy. See, I don't want, I don't, I don't want a relationship with God. I don't want a relationship with God that can be described in one word or used as a description of a small, outdated house. I don't want that type of relationship with God. I want my relationship and my communications with God to be familiar, to be monumental and fresh. See, remember, remember, faith, faith moves what? Mountains. Prayer, prayer moves what? God. Amen? Amen. 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 We need to make sure that our knee, our knee is always bowed, is always bowed. And our book is always read on a daily because, see, God's promises, he promises us, he promises us his salvation, his love, healing, grace, and guidance. See, scripture tells us this. This is what scripture tells us. It tells us that he will heal us. He will heal us from backsliding. He will heal us from backsliding and love us freely. Love us freely. But most importantly, most importantly, he is pleased when we are pleased. He is pleased when we are pleased. Right? We will receive an overflow of absolute blessings. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Amen. So, with that, it's time to come to a close tonight. Thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Each and every one of you, thank you. Thank you so much. We look forward to the next time. And I believe that this week, this week, we will receive absolute blessings. Absolute blessings. Because each of us, each and every single one of us, have God's unconditional love. Right? And he will carry us. He will see it through for us. Amen? Amen. Before I close, I ask that you visit our web website a Faithful God Ministry, AFG Ministries website, to submit a prayer request. The power of prayer is forceful and is intense, and we would love to pray over each and every one of you. I want to close reading Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26 as my closing prayer. It's a Bible verse, but I feel that I connect to it, and it's exactly what I want to share and pray over each and every one of you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. All in his name, amen. Amen.